Okay, welcome back all of you aspiring movie stars to another episode of Spooky Movie Squad, the horror movie podcast that reviews the best and worst and everything in between in horror, one movie at a time. I'm your host, Otis, and tonight I am joined by my beautiful, beautiful wife, Katie. Hi. So sit back and relax and enjoy our review of the 2022 American horror film, Pearl, an extraordinary origin story. Hit that music. Happy Spookies, everyone. Why did I say it like that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is episode 341 of this illustrious podcast and chapter three or the final chapter of our month of Left Behind. No, not that Kirk Cameron series I keep bringing up. I should have thought of another fun fact about it. Fuck. Uh, look up something about Left Behind, the series. Okay. I can't remember how many movies were in it. I think it's Kirk Cameron's in it. But every month in October, we have a list of movies that we're going to do for the Halloween Screamathon, and that list gets constantly picked and prodded and moved around, and movies end up first or sometimes end up last, and some movies get kind of dragged out because something happens. People get sick. Last year, a cat got sick, and that changed a lot of things. But we have been wanting to do the movie Pearl, the prequel sequel to X, what we did last year. We've been wanting to do it for a while. So we finally had a chance to sit down and work on the movie. What do you got about Left Behind, Katie? So the first three films starred Kirk Cameron, and then it was rebooted what? In 2014, starring what? Nicolas Cage. What? <laughs> uh, and then it was followed by Left Behind, Rise of the Antichrist in 2023 that had an entirely different cast that included Kevin Sorbo. Oh, shit. I wonder who the Antichrist was. Yeah. It was probably like a fog or something. And then separately, Vanished, Left Behind, Next Generation <laughs> from 2016, Tells the story of the rapture from the perspective of a young group of protagonists. What I got left behind? How can they be protagonists? I don't know. <laughs> there's a there's a lot. Oh lord, there's so, a yeah. lot. I knew there were more than one. I remember Kirk Cameron's face on the cover of of them, so I knew that was something important. There's six of them. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet Jesus. That is that is a phrase that. I'm sure is in in that movie. Yeah. No, because they don't take the Lord's name in vain, so. Oh, I guess if you say it in a nice way, then it's not. I was using it like a bad way. Okay. Sweet Jesus. I'm like, oh, sweet Jesus. (laughs) You know? So, going back to Pearl, a movie that is not, like, left behind, for the uninitiated, Pearl is a story about... Pearl. Pearl. So, from the movie X, you remember that potential porn movie made in texas and those old people went crazy and tried to murder the young sexy kids yeah it's stories about old girl with the shotgun this is a prequel about the old lady yeah you remember when she shot the shotgun and like busted her hip and then got her head ran over by a truck this is her story you know how uh kind of how she went bananas before so they're still in texas uh it's 1918 
and she's just dealing with how the world is and how her brain is. She's kind of off. So the girl ain't right. Yeah, that girl ain't right. So I think I said this earlier when we did X, but Ty West and Mia Goff, the main character of this movie, they sat down and they thought up a origin story for Pearl and it helped Mia out while she was doing X. And so Ty West is like, hey, we already have the set built. We have the home. Would it be too much to ask if you could just stay a few weeks longer and we could just do the prequel story? And Mia Goth is like, yeah, that's cool. Let's do it. So they painted up all of the sets and actually built more. They actually built a town. I don't know if it, it could have been a real town in Texas. I don't really know for sure. And they came up with the prequel story that happened around 1918. It's pretty fucking cool, man. And so the movie happened at the same time. Well, they filmed them around the same time. And in certain theaters, when you were done with X, you got a trailer at the end, a little stinger, and it was for Pearl. And people were like, holy shit, they made another one? Yeah, they made two movies at the same time, which I thought was really fucking cool. So, Katie, what did you think about the movie Pearl? I thought it was all right. Um, I don't think it was necessarily better than X, and it wasn't what I was expecting. At least, not all of what I was expecting. Yeah? Um, yeah, the way that the trailer made it seem, um, it seemed like we were going to get, like, her kind of her life leading up to them oh, being old. Oh, gotcha. So it ties like, right into Yeah, so into it ties it. right into X. Um, or at least kind of showed a little more about her life. But the movie Pearl really focused on just the events in 1918 and don't move past that. So, like, there's still 60 years or 50 I can't math. Yeah, no, was... 60 years of her life that we oh, just yeah. don't know about. Um, and it was like, I don't know, when it ended, like, I was, I liked it, but when it ended, I was, like, it left me wanting more and hoping there was going to be more. Absolutely. Because it felt like it just abruptly ended rather than, like, oh, no, we're kind of explaining why this happened or why she's so crazy or, you know, it was weird. But it was Okay. I really enjoyed this movie. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of prequels. Uh, Katie can absolutely attest to that. Because in prequels, anybody new pops up. Uh, my name is Thaddeus Rosenbuck. I'm going to use that name in D&D one day. Uh, and they're going to die because they're not in the fucking first movie. And they're like, I'm going to live forever. No, you're not, Thaddeus. You're going to fucking die in this movie. And you're probably going to be my favorite character because you have to die. But I enjoyed this because I had a lot of questions after X. Like, why was Pearl and Howard so fucking cuckoo? And we can't... Well, we get Pearl's side of it. And just like Katie said, I wanted more answers of why Howard was so down with this. Because, boy, howdy, he, he was he was cool. Like, in X, he was like... In X, he was all in. Yeah. And in this movie, he, like, barely made an appearance. Yeah. I need to know what... Yeah, how did he get from fucking just barely coming back to her to where he was in the new movie, or in X, because... So there's a long... That's a long distance. That's a long journey you took, sir, and I need answers. Yeah. I was very, very curious. 
But no, this was fun. I actually, I really liked it. The music was probably one of the stronger points of this movie. I really enjoyed it. And just the look, everything looked so bright and nice. It felt, there was a reason it looked very Technicolor. Because Ty West and Mia Goth, they actually wanted the movie to be in black and white. And A24 was like, nah, we, we can't do that. <laughs> we got to put color in this movie. That might be a little too much, a little too niche for people. And so instead of just having normal color, they said, Thug Life, let's make it like The Wizard of Oz. And that's actually one of the films that this movie pulls from. Uh, it's very obvious, too. It, it is not like a light sprinkle of Wizard of Oz. It is heavy-handed Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Certain outfits look exactly like people... The way people stand and act. Her riding the bike. Yeah. Looks is... just like the witch. You said it and I looked it up. I was like, oh shit, yeah. Oh yeah, that was the fucking point. And yeah, the way, going and for... her whole story, her wanting to escape small town farm life yeah. and like be something bigger. That was Dorothy's whole shtick. Yeah, it's it's good. But they went with a technicolor look. So the moment, because what, the Wizard of Oz, like the, what, the first 20 minutes is black and white. It's like sepia, not even black and white. It's like that weird brown color. Yeah. And then when she makes it to Oz, there's color, and it's so fucking bright. It's like annoyingly bright and colorful, because that's what they were going for. They were like, oh, real world sucks. Yeah. Hey, look at this. You're like, fuck, that's bright. You know, you want to look away, because it's so beautiful. Uh, This movie, I was like, it's so fucking bright color-wise. I'm like, that's what they were going for. Yeah. thought that was really cool. But all in all, I enjoyed this. And another bonus, you know, in it, the feather in its cap, it's only 100 minutes long. So it has something to say and it gets moving. I think the first movie X wasn't even that long. And they were just like, these kids are trying to make a porn and these two old people like killing. That's it. Let's watch them fucking try to survive getting snuck up on by old killers. And I was like, that's pretty fucking cool. So, I enjoyed it. Uh, thumbs up. I don't know if it's better than X, because I liked X a lot. I think I was the most thumbs up person in our group when we reviewed it. I like it. It's just absurd. Old people killing. Terrell would absolutely smile and like, the, like that movie. When the old lady tried to shoot the shotgun and she like fucking flew away, because she's probably 60 pounds of nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it made me laugh a lot. That movie's absurd. And for the people out there that are like, I like both of these, they are working, they are working on the sequel to X. It is called Maxine. It's her name, but with three X's. Triple X. And so it's about Mia Goth and, well, Maxine, and now she is in 1980s Los Angeles. And what I read was it's going to be a whodunit slasher film. So there's someone else out in those streets. Is it going to be the girl who survived in X? Yeah, Mia Goth. Okay. Yeah. And so... Wasn't sure if it was just, you know, another woman who looks oh, like yeah. <laughs> So Mia Goth is in this bad boy. Halsey. Interesting. And it looked like she's like one of the main characters. Giancarlo Esposito is in this. Oh, I hope... Okay. They're going to make him a, a sleazy man. I'm excited. Yep. Actually, Kevin Bacon's going to be the more sleazier man. Giancarlo might uh, actually maybe. be a good person. No, I doubt it. Up. I doubt it. Oh, they got they got uh, things at the bottom. So Kevin Bacon's going to be a private investigator. Mm-hmm. Uh, our boy Giancarlo Esposito is going to be an agent for the adult film industry. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, Lily 
Collins is going to be in it too. Yeah, there's... and Bobby Cannavale. I love that dude. It's going to be solid. The it's cast good, is it's a good. Cast cast is pretty good. Uh, they're working on it now, man. Actually, the principal photography happened in mid twenty twenty three. So they're good. They're probably just finishing up stuff right now. Uh, people saw the trailer and they saw a little bit of the movie and they were like, "It's pretty fucking good, guys." I'm like, if it's like these two, I'm gonna enjoy my my time there. I have no. It's pretty cool, but I want a story that takes place in like the thirties. I'm I'm hoping there'll be like, something like that. at the beginning of the movie. I'm hoping there's a flashback to the end of Pearl and how you know how that movie ends and it's like okay and then they tie it in. That'd be a good way to open it because they could just show more kills and well, stuff. Well, maybe, but beginning. I think they'll just tie it to the end of X and yeah. how that shaped Mia Goth's character from X or the main girl from X and how she's now. Yeah. I don't know, some psychopathic killer in the porn industry. I don't fucking know. Well, I'm hoping it's a little bit of both. I just need, I need to know things. Yeah. <laughs> so, we'll get through this bad boy. Oh, uh, you can check this film out on, what do we watch it on? Amazon? DVD. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had the disc, but I believe it is either on Max or Amazon. I think it's on Prime, but you had to buy it. Oh, yeah. We owned it already. So. Yeah. I was like, this movie's gonna be good. I just preemptively just got it <laughs> so uh i said earlier that this movie happens in 1918 in story and katie hit me with the fun fact that they were dealing with another pandemic then the spanish flu and it, it, it made me not smile in the way of like hey, pandemic but it was more of they were masking up then just like we some of us were masking up when this movie went back in 2022 and I was like, fuck man, more things changed, more they stay the same. And this was uh, back then when you got this fucking, the Spanish flu, uh, it wasn't like a, uh, you had cure and you had shots and shit. You were probably going to fucking die back then. And that's pretty scary. And if you weren't going to die, you were going to get real, real fucked up from it. Like her dad. Yeah, it's wild. So, there were 500 million estimated suspected cases of the Spanish flu, and deaths were 25 to 50 million, or the range sometimes goes from 17 to 100 million. Now, like I said, this was a kind of thing where you you can't stop it, man. It's just, if you got if you got the flu, you probably were going to die. I'm like, fuck, that's really scary. So, we meet up with Pearl. So, she's a I don't know, probably in her mid-twenties, I would say. She's not a teen. She's young. Yeah, young girl living with her German immigrant parents on their Texas homestead. So I hit Katie with some fun facts about Texas and how there is a pretty sizable amount of German immigrants there. Now, they're not immigrants anymore because there have been multiple generations. But there are tons. But at the time of yeah. 1918. Yeah, but there were tons of towns that were German as shit. And I was like, that's crazy. Like, there's a water park in Texas that everyone has to go to. I want to go so bad. And it's called... Schlitterbahn. And I was like, that was German as shit. Why did we call it a German name? Because it's German people made it, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, New Braunfels. There's tons of places. Uh, Pflugerville. I have friends from Pflugerville. It's German as shit. So it just kind of blew my mind that Texas was the place to go. There was a lot of room. So a lot of German immigrants are like, shit, let's go here. We can get a fucking acre for a quarter because there's so much room out there. 
So, Pearl with her mom and her dad. So the dad is paralyzed and kind of comatose to an extent. He can look around sometimes, but he can't really talk. He's like partially paralyzed on one side. Yeah. It's bad. Uh, the flu got to him and it's whooping his ass. Mm-hmm. So Howard, Pearl's husband, is in World War One. They say a couple of times where he, I want to say he's somewhere in Europe. Fighting, fighting for his life. Hopefully he makes it back. It's a prequel. He does make it back. So, Ruth, Pearl's mom, is very, very strict and just... Old school. Overbearing, yes. And kind of makes sense. She's not from here. She's from somewhere else. And especially with immigrants, you have to work a lot harder to just get the same respect as people from America or certain states. Uh, Just check out... What the Irish had to go through. Boy, howdy. When they came through Ellis Island, they had to do a lot. And it fucking sucked. Yeah, you know? and then they were slaves for the railroad. Yeah. Fucking uh, Italian people. Tons of Chinese tons of people. people. Yes. We oh, do not have a good reputation with immigrants, even though we are the country of fucking immigrants. Right. All the immigrants are like, go to America. They're like, fuck. You get kicked in the teeth, but at least you'll have a home. Kind of. Maybe. <laughs> Fucking sucks, man. You get kicked in the teeth, but you can have a dream. Yeah. <laughs> don't ever lose that dream, buddy. My teeth are on the ground. Yeah, don't leave, yeah. Don't lose that dream. I like your food. <laughs> so, Ruth is constantly getting on Pearl about helping her with the dad and helping with the farm. But Pearl is like, I don't want any of this. I want to get out there. I want to be where the people are. Why did I go Little Mermaid right then? I don't know. I just let it happen. I was not going to say anything. (laughs) And she wants to be a a chorus girl or a movie star. And it's funny. dancer. Yeah. It's funny. There's a fun fact. All of the barnyard animals, they all have actor or actresses' names. And it took me a second because, uh, what, Sheba? It's a old actress that played, I want to say Cleopatra, one of the first ones would be Cleopatra. I think one was Carrie. No, Carrie Grant's not that old. Mm-mm. Yeah, there were other names. I was like, I heard these names before. So, Ruth has Pearl head into town, make sure you keep that mask on, to grab some medicine for Pearl's dad. And it was just, what, morphine? I guess, yeah. Or ether? It was some, some old-timey... Put this on a rag and breathe it in, or just drink yeah, some of it. Yeah, I mean, it was probably like morphine plus cocaine plus. Oh, yeah, everything had cocaine in it. Back fentanyl then. and some other shit. <laughs> like, just combine everything. <laughs> yeah. Plus, what, what's that? Chloroform? Yeah, <laughs> just, like, just a rag. Combination everything drug. <laughs> you know, got ghosts in your blood? Do some drugs about it. Yep, yep, yep. So, even from the beginning of this movie, we see that Pearl. She's a psychopath, even from the beginning. I was wondering how far or how long it would take us to see that Pearl was crazy as shit. Uh, from the beginning, uh, she there's a goose that got out or a duck, and it was just walking like, hey, what up, Pearl? And she just stabs the duck with a pitchfork and then just dumps it into the swamp. Hey, her big-ass alligator. Yeah, so the alligator was already there. Or this was the mom alligator, and then... She just grows another one. I think we looked up the age of alligators, mm-hmm. and it, like, it could work, but it'd be a really old one. Yeah, it wouldn't work. It The alligators in X would have to be third generation. Yeah. Because the, the alligator in Pearl has babies. Like, we see babies. Yeah. Or eggs. Yeah. And that are, that are about to hatch. 
So the average lifespan of an alligator is like 30 to 50 years. So even if it lived 50 years, that would only put it at 68 and X takes place in 78. So it'd have to be at least a third generation alligator in that swamp. And Katie had a question. He's like, alligators in Texas? And I looked it up. Yes, that is possible. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Texas has everything. It's horrible. So while Pearl is is killing animals or just being weird or dancing, she is actually abusing the father. There was one scene she was in a bathtub and she kind of like touches the dad's face and starts choking him. And she hears his like breath start to shorten and he starts wheezing and she lets her hand off his throat and then starts choking him again. And I, I could easily see that she was like, man, it'd be so easy to kill you right now. But you're my dad. I love you. And she and then she goes off and does something else. I'm like, oh, it's so creepy. And the dad's just like, please don't kill me. <laughs> just sitting there. So we see that Pearl, she goes into town to get medicine for her dad. She meets a young projectionist at the movie theater. And so she watches a video, a video, Jesus, a old timey movie. And the projectionist like, man, you're really pretty. We should hang out more. And she's like, nah, I need to get out of here because... I'm married and my husband's off at war and temptation. I got to get out of here. So while she's riding her bicycle home, she loses her one little, what, um, cell from a movie that the projectionist cut out with the biggest pair of scissors I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. And so Pearl stops in the cornfield to find it. And then she starts dancing with a scarecrow. And then the scarecrow's face turns into the projectionist's face. The fact that I'm not giving him a name is because his name in this movie is The Projectionist. Doesn't matter if he has a name or not. Yeah. Fun fact, the guy that plays The Projectionist is the new Superman. He got the job a little bit ago, so he's going to be the new Superman. Yep, that tracks. The whole time we were watching this movie and I was looking at The Projectionist, I was like, that guy looks like every white man I've ever seen in movies ever. And I was... And Otis and I were just, like, going back and forth naming white dudes that he kind of looked like. Yeah. But, like, not quite. Like, he's not quite a Chris Evans. He's not quite a Matt Bomber. He's not quite a this. But he looks so much like all of these different actors. Yeah. (laughs) Superman tracks. So, I don't know. I I assume he'll be, like, a young Superman because he's... He doesn't look that old. Oh, he's in his 30s. He'll be a regular Superman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I will see. Remember that Superman is supposed to be, like... In his 30s. Yeah. But I I thought I read somewhere that they wanted to do some story with him doing stuff when he was a little younger, not like Smallville. I mean, he's he's younger than fucking Henry Cavill. Yeah. Well, younger looking than Henry Cavill. Not necessarily younger in age, but he's definitely younger looking than Henry Cavill. Yeah. So, but yeah. he's going to have to get jacked, so who knows if he'll still look younger by the time he's done getting jacked. <laughs> Just all muscle, can't Henry put his Cavill arms down. looked pretty young, and then he got fucking Superman ripped, and it was like, oh, well, no, that's a... It's not about like getting muscles, it just dude. makes you old, yeah. But uh, not super old, you're just like, it, it It definitely ages you. Yeah, you're not in high school, just kind of yeah. look at him. <laughs> so, while she's dancing with the scarecrow that had the face of the projectionist... Horrific. Uh, she starts... Kissing it. Horrific. And then starts grinding on it. And uh, she, she has a great time out there. Try humping a scarecrow. I don't understand. I don't I don't think there's any hard parts in there. I don't know what she was... I don't have those bits. But I assume you gotta have something to really grind on to. But maybe the hay. 
the straw, maybe it was enough for her. I don't know. So when she gets home, the mom realizes that some of the money was gone. And Pearl's like, nah, it's all there. She's like, she's like, bruh, I counted this. What did you buy? And she's like, I bought some candy. (laughs) She don't want to tell the mom that she's like, I went to the movies. And And saw a movie you wouldn't approve of. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So Pearl, she gets yelled at. And, you know, the mom's telling her, like, you're being careless. And the mom takes the food away from her. She's like, I'm hungry, man. I I rode all the way to town and rode back. Can I have some food? She's like, nope. Because there's eight cents that I don't have anymore. You had your food already when you ate that fucking candy. Sorry, bitch. Yeah. So uh, you can have some of the stew tomorrow morning if there's any left. I'm like, God damn, how much stew are you going to eat, bitch? I'd be so mad. So around this time, we see Pearl, her sister-in-law. So Howard's sister, Mitzi. Hooray. She comes into town with her mom. And the mom drops off a pig, a roasted pig. And so there has to be some metaphor about this pig and life in this movie or something. I didn't catch on to the metaphor. There's got to be one. If you... If you know what the metaphor might be, uh, you can send us an email at Allentown Pod. Yeah, if you... no, Allentown Presents at gmail.com. Yeah, that's you it. said email. My bad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I usually I can catch on the metaphors to things, you know, like uh, well, I think it's just the upper class and uh, how it's uh, because like Mitzi and her mom had um, money. Yeah. Somehow, in 1918, when everyone was <laughs> fucking struggling and there yeah. was a war going on, they had money and were able to, like, give these fucking roast pigs to several different people. They had a whole bunch of pigs, like, in their car ready to go give out to people. And it was just the metaphor, or not so metaphor, I guess, was just her mom continually refusing moving up in the world. Yeah. Um, and basically punishing Pearl in that she would never let Pearl move on from the ranch, like, from the farm. He's like, sorry, you know, yes, pig is great, but we don't take handouts and we don't accept this, even though they have the money and we don't. We don't accept that shit. It's going to rot on the on the porch forever yeah fuck it you don't get to be a movie star you don't get to do this you don't get to do the all these things you want you have to stay here and take care of your dad um you're stuck here sorry yeah fucking sucks (laughs) so mitzi tells pearl that she's gonna audition to be a dancer because there's a traveling troupe coming through and pearl instantly thinks like holy shit this is my chance to get away from the farm if i win you know, she'd be like, see you, mom, I'm I, I'm getting money. I'll bring the money back. You know, some certain line and the mom be like, a goose. And then she's like, I'll never come back. <laughs> I could easily see that. She's like, I'm just going to get the fuck out of here. So later on that night, Pearl sneaks out of the house and she goes back to the projectionist. And the projectionist shows her a stag film for the initiated. Stag film is just a porn. Stag films are usually more... Uh, just illegal things happen in them. It doesn't have to really be just titties. But usually it's pornography and they're silent. No sound and voices. And, you know. and so, yeah. There were a couple of movies I remember, older movies. They're like, oh, shit, that's a stag film. It's going to be wild. So the projectionist shows her a movie called A Free Ride. And I was very curious about it when we saw it. 
And Katie was like, you think they made an old-timey looking film for it? No, it's actually a real pornographic movie. It's considered one of the earliest American hardcore pornographic movies of all time. Now, some people say that it was made in 1918. Some people say it might have been 1915. So this bad boy is old as shit. It's also known as a grass sandwich. Now, the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> the director of this movie was one A. Wise Guy. <laughs> Photographed by Will B. Hard. And titles by someone named Will She? Oh my gosh. They had to use fake names. The so they did not get snatched jokes. up. Yeah. With the jokes. Yeah, they were like, well, I'm not writing my name on this bitch. <laughs> not getting me. So uh yeah, they they scooted the fuck out. So no one really knows who made it. Uh there's somebody out there, some family member that like my great great grandfather made this wild ass I mean, porn back in the day. Well, the the women and men in the movie show their faces, so like yeah, but this uh, so they, the actors and actresses yeah. or the people just having sex on film were <laughs> very clearly like you could identify those people. Oh, absolutely! But it's just the fact that it could have been anybody, anywhere, and it's like yeah, you'll never know because maybe we don't make any more movies. This might have been my wife, and she just like showing off her butt. You don't know, and you'll never know. <laughs> they just run off into the distance. Yikes. It's it's wild like that, you know? I mean, sh- couples are making videos all the time. <laughs> Social media, you'll just see I mean, people just... yeah, now. But yeah, even then, I think just with the invention of moving pictures, hell, even before that, just, just yeah, but, pictures people were probably doing porn. Yeah, but the price of a <laughs> oh, <yeah>. camera... <laughs> In 1915 or 1918, the price? Like, it's not like... Okay, right now, everyone has a fucking video camera on their phone at any given time of the day, right? Like, you could just be doing your own thing and then fucking, you know, take a titty picture or a picture of your dick and send it to somebody at any time. We're talking in 1915 when nobody had shit and the invention of the camera, of the video camera, was relatively new. There's no fucking way that just all these people were making, you know, porn. Like, you had to go find somebody who had the money and means to have a camera and then either borrow it from them or have them come film you and your wife banging or you and some other person banging. Like, That's the a- logistics of the porn industry in the <laughs> early 1900s seems fucking difficult. Katie said, Otis, the price... <laughs> The price. You're not thinking of the money it would cost to have a camera. Think about even making homemade porn from the 80s with those big ass fucking oh, video yeah, cameras that cost $600 <laughs> from a Radio Shack. Like, not everybody had one of those. Yeah. There was like one family on your block, maybe, that could afford one of those fucking video cameras. In the 80s, <laughs> when the technology was already, you know, nine, 80 or 90 years old at that point. Yeah. Like, there's no fucking way just, you know, a hell of people were making this. This was like three guys in every country that had a fucking camera and were getting calls to come, you know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Timmy, can you make can it you to come, Illinois real quick? Yeah. Can you come yeah, record <laughs> me and my wife? Yeah, hey, Timmy, can you come down to Illinois and uh, record me and my wife doing the 23 skidoo? Like, yeah. 
Yeah, give me a week. I'll be there, bud. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but it, it's a real fucking porn. And so the projectionist says he got this in France. So maybe it was French people. Hell, I don't know. So he tells Pearl, like, hey, you know, don't let your dreams be dreams. Just do it. And then Pearl says that, like, man, I really can't, like, leave my family. Like, the whole thing, she wants Howard to be back. She really misses Howard. And to an extent, she says she she just wishes that they would all die. It'd be easy for her to do stuff if they just were, were dead. <laughs> now, people, I've had people say that line, but not the die part, but just like, ugh, if y'all are just gone, I could just do this, this, and that, you know? She just took it to the extra level and was like, if they were just fucking dead, I could just go off and do stuff. So, Pearl and the projectionist, they sleep together. I don't know if they... It, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> so I was after the porn. Oh, because she gets slapped and then she runs back to it. In the room. Oh, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would just die. So, Pearl makes it back home. She sneaks back in and Ruth finds the program that Pearl got from the movie theater and she's like, see, it's shit like this. You know, you're spending money that we don't have watching movies and and Ruth, the mom, says, now Pearl, other people might not see it, but I can see it. Something is wrong with you. You're sick. I can see the darkness. Yep. And if you leave this farm, you're going to hurt people. And I trust me, I see it. And then, boy howdy, they start fighting. The mom slaps Pearl, and then Pearl shoves the the mom against, like, a fireplace, and her dress catches on fire, and Ruth catches on fire. It's, like, fucking hereditary kind of fire. And so, Pearl grabs a bucket of corn on the cob, boiling corn on the cob. Oh, it's, like, stew. Okay, I thought it was just corn in it. No, it's it was stew. Okay. It just the corn was the most obvious, like yeah. large vegetable that you could see. And she throws it onto Ruth to save her life, I guess. And boy, howdy, it was hot as balls. It saved her, but at what cost? So now Ruth is super fucked up. She's got burns. Now, I don't know some of you folks out there, if you ever get a burn on your arm, it fucking really hurts. Because all the nerve endings in your skin and just your body are all on fire and they're all dying and they're all trying to like, it's, I've been told that I think what anything past a second degree burn, if it's big enough, it, it can fucking kill you because your body just goes into shock because so much of your body is just on fire even after the flames are gone that you can just die from f- flames enough on your body. And that's why, like, people get caught on fire or something, and they pat it out, and they're like, you're good, you're alive. And their body just, like, turns off, because it's just, like, so much pain. The body's like, it'd be better if you just weren't moving anymore. And it'll make you pass out or die, because it's just easier. Fire is wild when it happens to your body. So Pearl drags her mom into the basement. And, hey, I like all these callbacks to X. Because they use that basement to hide a lot of bodies. And then her dad, the whole time, has been watching all this go down with wide eyes. And she runs off and heads back to the movie theater. And she has sex with the projectionist. So now we're starting to see everything's starting to get a little too 
wild. So the next morning, the rejectionist drives Pearl back to the farm so she can work on our audition, work on her dance moves. And so now, it's been a few days since the pig has been put onto the porch. Now, there has been rain and the weather, I think it's been kind of warm because she wasn't bundled up when she gets on the bike. Just has a dress. But uh, any type of animal just out in the elements, just meat. It will instantly, all it takes is one fly to get it going. Yeah. And we see the amount of maggots and flies on the pig just multiply. Every... This is like summer or fall. Yeah. It's like late September or October when this is happening. So in Texas, that's humid as fuck. Yeah. And gross. So that pig is just piling up the grossness. So the rejectionist sees this pig and is like, oh, that's fucking weird. And comes inside so now Pearl runs around and tries to clean up stuff really quick, and the projectionist sees Pearl's dad, and he's like, hi, and the dad's, like, still in the chair in the kitchen, and his face, if he could just read his thoughts, he's like, this bitch is crazy, help me. Yeah, she's gonna murder me. <laughs> and so Pearl starts making out with the projectionist in the room, but then the projectionist he- keeps hearing this bumping noise and she's like that's nothing he's like you should check that out like sounds like something's hitting something and she's like oh that's that's my dog the dog's acting wild so we have to put him in the basement like okay and then later while they're out in the 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 barn the barn uh he's talking you know they were talking about how the animals all have like actor actresses names he says like oh yeah like your dog and she's like i don't have a dog and just that moment right there, and he's like... The realization kicks in. Like, this bitch is crazy, dude. And Yeah, I need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, the projectionist is like, well... I gotta get back to work. I gotta hit the dusty trail because of theater and all that stuff. She's like, what did I say? What did I do wrong? And he's like, no. And then he starts. she starts yelling. Yeah. And he's like... What a, tell me what I did wrong. What did I do? Yeah. And he's like, I'll be back. She's like, when? And he's like, hey, you know, at some point, you know? After work, fuck. You know, I don't, I'm not the clock man. I don't know what time it's going to be, but I got to get out of here. So she, the projectionist, heads to his vehicle. And then Pearl just pulls a fucking, like, monster and teleports to the other side of the car and says, you're not leaving me. No, you're not leaving me here. And stabs him in his chest with the pitchforks and actually catches him twice with it. And the car rolls off a little bit. And then he falls out of the vehicle, and then she stabs him in the face with the pitchfork. And so, she takes the body and the vehicle out to the pond, where Theta, the alligator is, and eats him up. Nom, nom, nom. And then, the vehicle's in the swamp, and it slowly shrinks into the swamp. Another thing that we see happen in X, there are many vehicles in that water, just like in Psycho. So... Pearl dresses herself up in one of her mom's really, really nice gowns and dresses up the dad before smothering him. Just kills his ass. Pearl makes it to the church where Mitzi's at. And she's a little nervous, but, you know, Mitzi's like, we can do this. Apparently, Mitzi tells Pearl, they're only taking one girl in every town or every county. So, gotta be good. So, Pearl starts her dance and... Her mind, because it's already just fractured and crazy, she has this whole routine in her head where there are like eight other women and like a chorus line happens, and she gives a really 
good performance, I assume. Mm-hmm. And at the end, the talent scouts are like, that's going to be a no from us. She's like, but why? Like, wh- what did I do wrong? What? And That was the best dance I've ever danced, ever. Yeah, and so one of the scouts says that, well, we're looking for someone young, blonde, all-American, all-American kind of girl, and that you don't have that X factor. Now, that's, once again, another line from X. That's the thing that Maxine had. And my running theory of what the X factor is, there's probably other metaphors for it, but it's what makes you a final girl. It's that thing that you need to make it. And make it is very much a broad term. Make it in a horror movie is fucking survive. Now, we thought it was the nice churchy girl. Oh, uh, what's her face? She was in X. Um, Jenna Ortega? Yeah. It looked like she might have had the X factor, but nah. Nah. It was Maxine. It was our druggy girl. <laughs> so... Uh, Pearl breaks down and she starts freaking out. Now Mitzi takes her back home and you know is trying to make her feel good. Now we get a really cool monologue from Pearl at this point. And Mitzi tells her, okay, I know you miss Howard and there's things you want to say to him. Imagine that I'm Howard and tell me all the things that you need to say. So now we learn that Pearl actually resents Howard and there's a lot about it. Now, he came from a very, looked like a privileged, rich background. And Howard insisted that they stay at the, the farm. at the farm. And we learned that Pearl was actually pregnant. And when she miscarried, she was actually happy because that would just have been another thing holding her back from being what she was supposed to be holding her down. I was like, holy shit. And she talks about other things, how her being insecure. And she talks about how when she hurts people, she likes it. It's really nice. And she talks about how she killed her parents and a projectionist. So Mitzi <laughs> is, is, is ready to leave. She's like, I'm not going to tell anybody about this. You got my promise. And so Pearl finally gets a confession. She's like, did you win the audition, Mitzi? And Mitzi's like, no, no, I didn't win. She's like, tell the truth. And Mitzi finally confesses that she won the audition over Pearl. And Mitzi leaves. She's like, I gotta go. As she's walking away, Pearl comes out the front door, picks up an axe, and Mitzi starts walking a little faster, and Pearl's just walking same speed. Mitzi starts to try to run falls because <laughs> of her heels i guess and pearl chops her up with an axe and dismembers her body throws it out to the alligator alligator was eating good that day and goes into the basement and lays with her mom's body now i forgot to bring it up earlier but she was on the verge of death because of all the burns and stuff and she has another dream at this point and she finally accepts the fact that she probably won't leave and she should just make the best of what she has. And we see even in X, there's moments where she's like, well, this is what I got. And then when she sees a young kid, she's like, maybe I could try again and get more. 
So she cleans up the home, and she, and Howard comes back from the war. Hooray! She puts the pig on the counter, on the table in the kitchen, and she sets up her parents at the dining table. And Howard comes in, and Pearl smiles at him. And that's the end of the movie. So, fun fact, Ty West never said cut. So, when Mia Goth is smiling at the end of the movie, you could see her, like, making this crazy smile. And just, there's a moment where she's like, okay, I've been smiling for a while. What's happening? And it goes on for a good minute and a half. And her face goes through different, like, feelings. And actually, it was perfect. It was just someone going absolutely crazy. And it felt like Pearl got her moment to be in a scene. And she didn't want it at the end. It was so weird. But she, like, smiles. And it's like a pain smile. And then she starts tearing up. Because she isn't blinking either. And so she starts crying. Her eyes are red. And then the smile is, like almost turning into a cry, but then she like, straightens back up, and then the movie fades off. Oh, man. Crazy. So, Katie, who or what was your favorite thing in Pearl? My favorite thing about Pearl was the soundtrack. Yep. This soundtrack is so fucking good, and it doesn't really have anything to do with the horror of the movie and the, the bad stuff that's happening. You could easily transplant this entire soundtrack and move it to a rom-com, and it would perfectly fit. The opening sequence is fucking beautiful. Like, I turned to Otis like a minute into this movie, and I was like, are, are we hearing the same soundtrack? Like, am I going crazy? Because this does not sound like a horror movie soundtrack. And it was just so beautiful. Like, it's going into my rotation of music to listen to when I just need to be calm. Because it is such a good fucking soundtrack. Kudos to the composer. Katie beat me to it. I set the music. It was my favorite thing. A close second, Mia Goth in this movie. She's in just about every scene in this and she acted her ass off she did a great job playing a person that just wanted a little bit more life you know she's like i just want to be happy and you know if i have to kill everybody to do it i'll do it but i just want to be happy she just about everybody in the reviews they're like mia goth was like one of the best things about this movie it had a small cast the mom did great too she was very, I did not like mm-hmm. her. Everybody did good. The dad, he couldn't even fucking move. And he was just like, oh, shit. He showed a lot of emotion with his eyebrows. <laughs> but no, it's, it, there were a lot of points of this movie that just worked. So, Katie, what was your least favorite thing or person about this movie? Oh, the pig. <laughs> I cannot even fathom. Like, I understand being proud but in the night in 1918 when you're dealing with fucking the flu the spanish flu and everyone is kind of just trying to get through like trying to just make ends meet make it to the end of the week make it to whatever and everyone is like strapped for cash why on earth would you let a fucking roast pig that your daughter's in-laws gave to you as a gift? 
Why would you just let it fucking go to waste? One, that's rude as fuck. Yeah. Like, the mom is all, like, proper and old school and, like, we don't, you know, we're too proud or whatever. But part of being proper and old school is also accepting gifts when someone gives them to you. Like, it's super rude to just ignore things like that. So Yeah, it was really weird it, she was like that. Yeah, so the the beginning of the pig upset me because of the mom's reaction. And then the fact that that pig just sat on the fucking uh, porch for weeks and, like, rotted or days. I don't know how long it went on, but it was fucking, like, maggot-ridden and rotten. And it was just so fucking gross. Like, the deaths in this movie are whatever. Like, and the blood... Whatever, but the fucking pig was so gross. Like, <laughs> easily the grossest thing about this movie. I went with not enough, I don't know, not enough story. So at the end of the movie, Katie was like, damn, they ended it right here. I need more. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, I, Katie was expecting that we got more time with Howard seeing his weird, crazy wife. And him accepting this life. And it's like, well, this is what we're doing. Because I don't want to live on a farm. And, oh, my sister's dead. What happened to her? Don't worry about it. You know? I, I wanted more of that. But this was a good beginning. I'm hoping in the third movie, we get some flashbacks to Pearl. And some flashbacks to Maxine. Because we learn that Maxine was actually the daughter of the crazy evangelist that was on the TV the whole movie. And... You know, the evangelist was like, my daughter was taken by the 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 smut of the world. And it's like, oh, it was Maxine the whole time. It's like, well, what's up with that? That guy's insane. Like, yeah. you know. I need, so I hope, I'd, I'm sure they haven't said anything, but I would hope that while they're making this third film, Maxine, they also create a fourth film that goes <laughs> in between the movie Pearl and the movie X. Oh, I'd love that. I need more of Pearl's story going from uh, the 1920s or 19, or whatever, late t- 19-teens mm-hmm. to 1978 and how, like, how she got Howard to be on her side, how Howard coped with her, like, craziness, um, you know, some of the other people she's killed over the 60 years yeah. between the two movies. Um and if she ever got a chance to, like, leave and perform or perform at something in town or whatever now that her parents are dead and they're not stopping her and Howard's probably going along with whatever the fuck it is she wants, like, I need more of that story and also more of the continuation post-X. So there was a picture in X of of Pearl on the wall and she's in a really nice dress and she looks like she's dancing. She was posing for something. So people have supposed that she probably did get some type of a chance, maybe, or she danced for something, or someone just took a picture of her because it was important enough for her to put on the wall. Yeah. So something happens. Like I said, I I, I needs it. I needs more of it. Yeah. Okay. So this film came out September sixteenth, twenty twenty two. Oh, I did it wrong. So. Time for seven word synopsis. So I have three of them. First one, awesome look into a crumbling, crazy mind. I'm not, sometimes I'm not the biggest fan of like, this is a story about how Katie went and saw you. And I'm like, eh, it's cool. But I like this one a lot. 
Um, my second one is sister-in-law should have hauled ass. Now, if I left somewhere, like if if Sam was like, not chopped up, Kevin, I'm like, mm. and we're like walking off, I'm like, we need to run, we need to run, <laughs> and we just turn back, and she's got an axe in her hand, like we need to fucking go. <laughs> no, it'd be a I chopped up Kevin, and then Katie with the pistola. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that's yeah. Mitzi was not moving fast enough, man. She, I guess she didn't think that she would get killed, but nah. If somebody tells you that they did kill people, I'm like you, believe them. You might be on that fucking list too. Yeah. And my last one is Comatose Dad was looking pretty. Sh- oh, Comatose Dad was looking pretty fucking shook. Now, I have never not had the control of my body, and I've never seen people just go for the gold of trying to murder each other. But if I couldn't move, and Katie and Bella were fighting for their lives, and then Bella or Katie, one of them caught on fire, be like, oh, shit. And I'm sitting there just watching it with just eyes. eyes. Holy fuck. Yeah, the actor who played the dad deserves an award for his yeah. ability to act with just his eyes. Like, the man's face was not moving. It oh, was man. just his eyes, it and was it was incredible. so good. I felt so bad for him. He's like, I wish I could do anything yeah. in this. Okay, Katie. Okay, like I've said we've already said several times this story felt unfinished needs a sequel absolutely it only runs for an hour and 42 minutes and this easily could have been a two and a half hour movie and i wouldn't have even noticed because by the time this movie ends like the ending happens so quickly and it's so abrupt you're just like that's it like keep keep going i I want more um and then my second uh synopsis Pearl is 150% crazy. Mitzi deserved happiness. Yeah. She didn't do anything bad to her. She just Mitzi wrong was a place, sweetheart. Wrong place, she, wrong time, man. She deserved happiness. Yeah, she fucked around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess she found out. I feel better for her. She didn't even fuck around. She was just trying to be a friend yeah. to Pearl. She was like, hey, I know there's a lot of stuff that you want to talk to Howard about, but he's not here. Let me, I'll be Howard for you. Just talk to me. Yeah. And that, you know, got her killed. Yeah. I'm like, that wasn't, that wasn't the right thing to do. Right? I'm helping. <laughs> so, this film came out September 16th, 2022. So, Katie, what do you think the budget for Pearl was? I said one dollar do. Hey, that's the sound when someone hit it on the head. One dollar yes. do. I figured it was probably the same as X. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty dang cheap. So what do you think the box office was? I said $10 reduce. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah. Well, 10.1, but yes. I 10... promise I did not look this movie up. <laughs> I just took a guess based on the X numbers yeah. because they're the same. But I yeah. figured all the same people who watched that movie are going to watch this movie. Absolutely. <laughs> but no, it, it did pretty dang good. Cheap movie. They had all the sets fixed up. They just had to, you know, add paint to everything. And uh, we watched an interview with Ty West, and he's like, it's actually easier to make things nicer than to make it look old and dilapidated. It's so much more work. But yeah, to just nice up everything, easy as balls. So, I mean, all I had to do was make a couple more locations, or that might have actually been a town in Texas. I don't know for sure. But it looked old-timey. And honestly, it was just an angle of, well, like a candy store, a medicine shop, and in the theater. Well, and they didn't actually go into any of the no. places. It was just a storefront. And the so theater. it might have just been a fake storefront and just a theater. So, 
and it was just the home. Well, and it wasn't in Texas. It was in New Zealand? Yeah. They weren't even in America, so Yeah, so it's probably, just probably like a storefront, like a random storefront, or they found a, a town that looks kind of turn of the century. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this movie made a good amount of money, man. It's just multiplied its budget, so... This is what this is what Ty West needs, you know, and Mia Goth. This series, it's got some legs, so I'm happy that it did good. So, minority kill count. A big old zero. People that died, they weren't full Americans, but they weren't minorities. Uh, that pig was fucked up, but not a minority. <laughs> so, the number is still... 444 in a Tito turtle, in a house, in a plane full of vampires, and a black bear. So, do you have anything else to say about Pearl before we get out of here? Nope. It was good. Okay, before we end this episode, this is the end of the month of Left Behind. We're going to go back real quick and talk about the other movies and see what Katie enjoyed. So, our month started with Talk to Me. That was a story about a, a, a hand that connects you to spirits. It might not be the spirits that you want to talk to, and it gets wild. Second movie we watched was Totally Killer. Now, this was a time travel movie. It's like Back to the Future, but with a serial killer and a whole lot of really funny lines. Then we did Cupid. You remember that movie we did last week? <laughs> Uh, with the creepy Cupid man killing the kids. And then we did Pearl. So, Katie, out of those movies, which one did you, did you enjoy the most? Totally killer. Easily my favorite. The fucking time travel aspect was super cool. The idea of stopping a murder before it, before it happens, like, it's been done a lot. But I really liked the way that they set this up. And the fact that there was, like, a killer in the past and a killer in the present and they were having the main girl was having to deal with both yeah, of them. That was like really that was cool. fucking cool. I really like that movie. What about you? It's tough. I actually put stars on the three left behind movies because they would have been in October because I wanted to watch them. I wanted to watch all three of these movies. It's tough, but if I had to pick one of them, either talk to me or Pearl. Those are the ones that I thought about a lot longer after watching them. Talk to me. There was actually a French song from Talk to Me, and I put it into my D and D idea like playlist because it was a really good song. And so at some point, I'll come up with some story from it and or some monster, and then my friends will have to fight it. But I enjoyed both of them. Uh, both low grade original cool ideas totally killer was also but these stories were very centralized one area ish and they told a pretty solid quick story and they're both getting sequels because it's a really cool world that they made so um i'm shook man because when we do our awards i don't know which one i'm picking because i already got like six movies (laughs) since we started you know, after October, I put a star on. Fucking Deadly Games is on on my list of good ass movies. So movie. I'm shook, man. It is, this was a fun month with really good movies. So 
with that, that is the end of this episode. If you have any other cool fun facts about, I don't know, old pornography, fucking Spanish flu, or, I don't know, not eating pigs and just leaving them out on the porch, you can tweet Katie out. Allentown Talk. We have an email. It is. Allentownpresents at gmail.com. We have a Facebook app. Allentownpresents. So, this was the end of this month. But no, never fret. We're back. We took our nice little vacation. And now we're back. And we are going to do fairy tale horror. It's going to be our new thing. Mm-hmm. So, the music you listen to right now, that is flipping a combined effort. Flipping a CE. Anywhere you can find them. Studio Pizzas. Thank you so much for the artwork. So, this was episode 341, In the Pocket, In the Books, Out of Sight. Woo! Man, it's fun. Um, I always enjoy when we take our little break off, like a nice little month situation. It's fun, but then I'm always thinking about movies and things pop up, and I'm like, fuck, man, I want to do that. I want to do that. When we get going again, it makes me happy inside. There are some really good horror movies out there, and they need to be watched and reviewed. So, like always... Thanks so much for listening, and for Katie, for cute little Bella that was drinking my water the whole episode. I don't know why there's two fountains in this home for you, but she's like, I want some of your water. (laughs) It's nice and crisp. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back next week with another scary film. Okay, bye, everybody. Bye. So, Katie, (laughs) what would you do if you came home, and me and Bella... Or like, I don't know, some dead deer was on the table and I don't know, it was just a weird scene. Not dead bodies, but just some weird animals on the table and we were making dinner and we just turn and just like smile at you. Turn around and leave. <laughs> Bella's got a nice little apron on, she was helping me cook, and you just look at us and you just <laughs> door just closer. No, I just remind you that it's your job to fucking clean that shit up. And I'd point at Bella. You need to clean up, girl. Oh, not Bella. Otis. You made the mess. You clean it up. Yo, Bella. You'd help me because you're nice. No, you're not. <laughs> she would go to sleep. <laughs> okay, bye, everybody. <laughs>